Sick O'Malley here, reporting for W. Yes, haha, yes. In the 69th meeting for the Cyhawk, Matt Campbell led Iowa State into Kinnick Stadium to face Kirk Ferentz's fearsome foul. Iowa initially initiated the scoring with a beautifully blocked punt, converting the fortuitous field position into their first offensive foray into the end zone, taking an early 7-0 lead. The Cyclones consistently carried the ball close to the Hawkeyes' goal line, but they just couldn't convert. The Cyclones constantly and consistently caused considerable consternation by coughing up the pill twice in the form of a fumble and an intercepted forward pass. The Hawkeyes, haunted by their offensive hardships, couldn't capitalize on the Cyclones' constant cross-ups. Iowa State was able to find a way to get a field goal to cut the Iowa advantage down to 7-3 at halftime. The Hawkeyes' heroic precision punter pinned the Cyclones down on their one-yard line with a pinpoint punt. Somehow, the Cyclones conjured up the courage to cross the 99 yards in a 21-play drive that'll be chronicled in Cyhawk compendiums for countless years to come. However, the Cyclones couldn't close the corridor, and the Hawkeyes had one last chance. The Hawkeyes hurried through the heavy rain and hung their hopes to a 48-yard field goal trying to tie the game. The kick curled left and couldn't find the mark. Iowa State held on to win. Iowa State 10, Iowa 7. Welcome everyone to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our recap of week two, which was apparently quite the week. We'll get into that in a second. As always, my name is Jordan. I'm VP of Graphic Design and a bunch of other things. With me tonight is Commissioner Escalante and our special guest, member in good standing, Pit Girl, who is also our Pennsylvania branch manager. Pit Girl, how was your weekend? It was good. It was, uh, we will get into it, but it was definitely an interesting uh, experience in the college football world. It was. Commissioner, how are you doing, man? I, I'm tired. I, I didn't have enough screens. I needed more screens. I think the like 3.30 or 2.30 window, there was like 17 games going at once, and I didn't have enough screens. I, I needed more screens. Every game in that window went absolutely insane. <laughs> so we're going to miss stuff. I, I know we're going to miss stuff from yeah, what occurred. It's, it's just going to happen. Please don't yell at us. It, we're going to miss so much because there was so much that happened. I don't know what happened this no, week. Actually, but it was, actually uh, hey, hey, fans, absolutely yell at us. Uh, this is good for this is not only good content, but it's also good for algorithms. Interaction's great, so absolutely yell at us for what we did wrong, please. Okay, but but be nice, you know. I... Don't don't be nice. Just yell. Okay, no. Okay, all right. That's fine. Yell at us. It's it's great. We we love it. I'll say uh, when uh, last night I was hanging at my friend's house in Houston, and we were looking for something to watch on TV, and they hadn't seen the the Tim Burke Monte Teo documentary on Netflix. And I was like, this is a weird story. You guys might be interested in this. It's adjacent to stuff I do. Let's watch it. And they brought up um, uh, Bubba Prague, Tim Burke's like room. In the second half of that series, they show his like room and like Tim has 20 screens and they're all recording at the same time. Like he actually has like 12 things recording all the time. He he, he keeps track of all the college football film for all of us. Uh, he said that there was so many screens that he had to break out his, his 2006 MacBook just to even keep up with all the screens. So if 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 Tim could not keep up with the action, I had no shot. Uh, yeah, no I, I mean, the Twitter account I was trying to run and, and, and keep up with all the madness that was going at the same time. Uh, the the rate limit on Twitter just totally went off, and I I just couldn't keep up. So if I miss replies uh, or I missed like you know funny comments, I I apologize. I, I just could not keep up, and and this was like a, a sicko's special Saturday. Uh, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what week three has in store, but definitely look forward to going back over what happened last week. Yeah. Worth noting that it was also, it is officially declared blood week. The Twitter account tweeted that it was blood week and everything. So it was a real one. Uh, when you get a blood week, it's, it's special. And basically blood week is when there's just way too many upsets all at one time. And Oh boy, did we have some, <laughs> I, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that, uh, I, I said it to my fellow Sickos Committee members. Uh, this weekend it was a super dad weekend for me. I was out in Houston, which is away from my home base. I was at a bunch of kids' parties. I was trying to be good dad, so I had my phone away. So I was only catching bits and pieces here. So I'm excited to learn about all this. I This is going to be a great episode because I'm going to learn so many things. Let's start it off with our Sickos Game of the Week and one that seemed to deliver. 
Iowa State at Iowa. Matt Campbell finally got the monkey off his back, which I think is like the best part. And also, it was just a gross, gross game from what I heard. Kamish, what happened? It is. This is classic Cyhawk action here. Matt Campbell has never won one before this week. Brian Ferentz is, is doing his Brian Ferentz thing. I think it was only five. Oh, okay. five, oh, six. He just never had a win yet. And in Iowa State, I, I just equated this into my head. When they play Iowa, they turn into Sideshow Bob versus Rakes. Yeah. Like, no matter right. what they do, they just keep stepping on a rake, no matter how good they get it, no matter how well they're doing, how close they are to the end zone. But just some odd reason, they just step on a rake. And they did that in the first half. It was amazing. Like, the first punt was blocked. And then that set up like a 16-yard drive for Iowa. And they actually scored an offensive touchdown. Was that the last one of the game for them? Yes. But yeah, still, they, they, scored, one they scored one. They got one. one. So, I mean, you know, they had an Iowa touchdown last week. And then they had a normal people touchdown this week. <laughs> Iowa, uh, I mean, just I'm just going to go here. Like, Iowa State got to, like, the one-yard line. And they had one of those, like, comedic fumbles where the ball just pops out of the receiver and just goes flying 10 yards forward into the end zone. And Iowa recovers. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Iowa State, <laughs> come on. Then they get an Iowa interception a little while later, uh, and then they throw an interception right back in the in the end zone. And I'm like, no, Iowa State, what is going on? It is just they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Like both both of them were just like, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. Well, oh, oh yeah, well I'm going to shoot myself in the foot further. And that was basically the story of the entire game. Uh, one thing that was just crazy. I there's one thing that happened. I was like, Iowa State kept. In the game, they got a field goal of 7-3 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Iowa's, you know, MVP, their punter, Tory Taylor, he's he's the best, pins Iowa State at the one-yard line. And I'm just like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to Iowa State. Yeah, right. This is the absolute worst thing. Iowa's going to get a safety. It's going to be 9-3. This is ridiculous. But the complete opposite happened. Iowa State goes on a 21 play. 21 plays, 11 minutes and 49 second drive for the length of the field, and they actually don't blow it at the end. They punch it in for a touchdown, and they take a lead 10-7. And I'm just absolutely amazed by this. And I'm shocked. I'm watching this game, and, like, every inch matters. It's ridiculous. Everyone's like, well, it's not great football. I'm like, but it is so unconventionally compelling football that you just have to watch and just throw out the stats uh it doesn't stats don't matter even though you know it it took until the halfway through the third quarter for iowa an iowa wide receiver to catch a ball uh (laughs) even though you know (laughs) wait 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 wait, 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 rewind that real fast let's do it again here we go had had zero yards so the the first the first catch that an iowa wide receiver made came with six minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter that's right. So last week, Iowa had a historically bad offensive performance yard wise. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they they went lower. So uh, it's <laughs> it, it maybe something called offensive limbo to see how low they can go. Oh my god! But but still, they went lower. And the thing is, like Iowa State was just letting them hang around. But I mean, Iowa's defense is amazing, and, and they know that they can't make a mistake. So I mean, they're just on like edge every single defensive play, and they're 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 awesome. Their defense is fantastic. For some other reason, Iowa State tries to kill the game on like a fourth and four in weird no man's land, and it's like raining buckets in Iowa. Well, that's right, because it started, started raining. It was supposed to start raining, wasn't oh, it? In the second half, it's just raining, raining the whole time. It's Beautiful. ridiculous. Perfect. Uh, it, it's perfect. You know, El Asico, uh, Sicko's game of the week weather, and. <laughs> So there's like 30-something seconds left. And for some miracle reason, oh, wait, no, Iowa, Iowa State shooting themselves in the foot again. They, they basically get off the field, but then they cause themselves 20 yards of penalties after sacking <laughs> the Iowa quarterback. And that puts Iowa, Iowa essentially in field goal range. They pick up a couple more yards. It's like a 48-yard field goal. Iowa State and Iowa are, are destined for overtime, it seems. And just the kick just listed a little bit to the left, and it went no good. And Iowa State oh. basically came away with the win. It was just – I mean, this is just like an epic – struggle football game that is just fantastic uh i now i have to buy an ames water tap water shirt yeah you do that's because right because I, I i did that I, I think the vote was they the get orange. to pick the color of the shirt the, so orange the, was in the, the lead orange. yeah 
Orange was in the lead, but I, th- I saw Baby Blue making a comeback, so I, d- I don't necessarily know who won it. I'd have to check my phone and, and do horrible podcasting here, but <laughs> I- I'll definitely let you know on that one. But that, that game was amazing. I, I just, I-, I don't know. Also, I saw a picture of Brian Ferentz, and I was really confused on-, on that's what he looked like. It was very, it was very, very, very confusing. Uh, yeah. I was like, whoa, that's that's Brian Ferentz? It's not what I thought he looked like, but that definitely was Brian Ferentz. And uh, again, they were calling to fire him in the middle of the game. So that's two weeks in a row. And then Kirk Ferentz just stirring it up after the game. It just says that, hey, you know, the offensive players are not really helping our quarterback a lot. And, and <laughs> Iowa, Iowa fans really took that well. They love that so much. They took Jesus. it well. But there was... <laughs> I'm sorry, I went on ten minutes about this game, but I can keep fine. going. It yeah. was amazing. It's it's beautiful. It's Iowa's ability to drag everyone else down to their level is unmatched, and I'm extremely here for it. Like yeah. the only thing I have to add to this that Escalante did not touch on is that Iowa blocked two punts and still lost this game. Has that ever happened before? It has happened. It's rare, but it has happened. Okay. First split zone duo. That's guys, oh. this this game is just Oh Hold man! On. I'm gonna I'm gonna link you the picture of uh of, of Brian Ferentz. This is the first time I saw him. I'm gonna put it in the in the chat here. So I refuse just, just to look. believe Brian Ferentz is anything other than a three quarter size Kirk Ferentz. He is he is super like barrel chested jacked. I like like that makes sense to me. He does look like how old is he? He's 39 years old. Okay, so he's between you and me, Escalante. Yeah, that man's 39 years old. He he both looks. Like he's way, that's way too old or way too young. And I can't figure out like where to pin him in that. I can see him as like one of those 80s movie, like skiing movie villains or something like that. I was, I was where, just, I was just going to say that. Yep. Where he's going to shut down the, you know, he's going to shut down the city center yep. and, and then they have to race him down a mountain, but. And have a dance off. Yeah. Uh, maybe a mm-hmm. dance off at the end. That's, I see Brian Ferentz breaking, breaking bad. I'm sorry. Breaking two with Brian Ferentz. So how many, how many yards did Iowa actually end up with in this game? 150. As a, as a, yeah, they had less than last week. I think last week they had 166. If I'm mistaken on that, I apologize. But they had less. So their offensive average went down. That's Can't wait until week 12 when Iowa wins with three offensive yards. It's going to be great. No, they're just, they're just whittling it down. How, how, how can you win a game doing the least amount possible? That's it. It's it's Iowa, as I stated earlier. It's Iowa's offensive limbo. How low can they go? Their total yards go, of course. I'm just saying, last last game of the season is Iowa Nebraska. <laughs> That's okay, the closer. I, I, That's the closer. Where is it? Where is it? Is it in, it, in Iowa, Iowa City? City. Or is it? They're oh, gonna make sick, they're gonna make sick children watch that. I need that to be a oh, night game for, yes. for personal reasons. Seven p.m. Oh, it's, no, it's 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 three p.m. currently. But okay. Let's wait till we get there. I feel like do some magic night around. Night game at Kinnick. We got to have that one at night. I hope those those networks that bid so highly for the Big Twelve contract, the Big Ten contract, appreciates what they've gotten here. I mean, it's must see TV for us, but you know, must we, we're, see we're, TV. <laughs> we're not as big as some of the big college football accounts, but we're right. getting there slowly. But yeah, this is it's must see TV. We 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 would we we're glued to a game like this. Uh, later on in the day, I definitely caught a little bit of this one. Out west, late at night, Mississippi State traveled to Tucson for a 10 p.m. Central kick. And I saw the interception, the really bizarre one, where he, the Mississippi, or the Arizona quarterback dropped back, ran like 40 yards up, down, left, right, just to throw like the worst interception I've ever seen. Like uh, Again, it, it was a masterpiece. It was uh, a, a sicko's masterpiece. I mean, he avoided the rush like six or seven times, reverse ducked, course he, two he or ducked, three times. Like he ducked was, some, some dude came like right at him and he ducked it. Like I think that kind of evasion was great. <laughs> it was, I, I, I love all of our followers because immediately everybody tagged us in the play. And I'm watching it as it happened. And then the, the phone just lights up our notifications like, oh, my God. That that quarterback, that quarterback, by the way, is Jaden Delora. He transferred from Wazoo to do this for Arizona. So we appreciate this transformation. <laughs> so he brought a little Wazoo to Arizona. And uh, that's that's probably why we got that there. So, <sighs> okay. I got yeah. a little bit more in that game. We got a shout out Petros. Uh, oh yes, Petros did the announcing. Petros did the game. 
There was a, a wide receiver from Mississippi State that made an amazing one-hand catch. His last name is Ducking. So, like, you know, the actual type. It's the only actual time that I've actually meant to type ducking in the iPhone. <laughs> and it was correct. <laughs> and I even put a tweet below it. I was like, yes, I meant to say ducking. His last name is ducking. <laughs> it was not autocorrect. I promise you. And then he did a little duck waddle to celebrate. Petros was a little confused. And I don't know if it was he was just up too late. He, he later realized his mistake. Like, oh, his last name's ducking. That's why he did the duck waddle celebration. Uh, but shout out Petros for having to go to Tucson for that game. There was a sign in the stands. Also, they, they're trying to, well, there was just one fan that held a sign. It was very pretty. And they wanted to call the stadium the fish tank. Ooh. After Jed Fish. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll allow it. That's a good one. I'm, I, I, I will say that I am happy. The, the only thing I know about Tucson right now, besides the fact that Arizona, again, looks like a way better team than they had been, is that they're starting to sell Sonoran hot dogs at the stadium, finally. Like, how are you in Tucson and not immediately selling Sonoran hot dogs at those games? Like, how has that not been a thing for the last 20 years? Hey, Pit Girl, how do you feel about uh, a good Duke team? How's that, how's that sitting with no. you? No, that's not real. I refuse to believe that that's real. Like, emotionally, walk through that. How's that how does that all your emotions there i mean like i've seen good duke before it's happened it's theoretically possible i refuse to believe that it is actually possible in year one of i don't even know who duke's head coach is right now it's elko it's a&m's former defensive quarter yeah yes um i mean so it, it is theoretically possible i need more evidence because temple is bad temple is bad bad and I think Northwestern might also not be good. <laughs> hey, Timble, Timble may be uh, that's uh, Philadelphia's third best football team. <laughs> I, I think Duquesne and Penn might be better, but Duquesne's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you're in trouble. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm gonna oh. leave. That, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave that in. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna that, leave in. that in. Gonna leave that in. Pittsburgh's coming for you. As he also likes Wawa. Branch manager. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan also likes Wawa. Love, love Wawa. Sheets don't even know what that is. I guess it's fine. <laughs> Come at me. Beautiful. Come at as he's me. as he's drinking out of his Bucky's cup. Come, come at me. <laughs> yeah, Northwestern may actually be asked too. Like that's something that we hadn't really yeah. considered. Yeah, I, I lean towards the side of all of these teams are bad, actually. But I await further evidence and would be happy to be proven wrong. This was a great game. I mean, this was just, this was fantastic. I'm watching this, and, it, and of course, like everybody else is watching Bama and Texas. I'm watching Duke at Northwestern. It's a, an early morning game. The, you know, Ryan Field's not filled up at all. Duke jumps out to a 21 nothing lead, and I'm like, what is going on? It's twenty-one nothing. Do they're a machine? And then uh, our, our one of our favorite, uh, you know, persons from the full cast, Holly Anderson, tweeted just a simple phrase: "Pokes Northwestern with a stick." And then Northwestern started scoring. I, I don't know. It's just magic. She's got that that full cast touch, and they they brought them all the way back. Northwestern down 31-28, makes it to like Duke's. Uh, I'd say maybe about eighteen yard line with like about twelve seconds left. They throw a little pass to the running back, and he's diving in, and he's met by two Duke players who hit the ball perfectly at like the six inch line, and the ball just pops out, and Duke recovers and wins the game. I, I think our friend Roger Sherman, he he was not. He said it was heartbreaking, but I was like, well, they still had to get a two point conversion, so I, I don't know if they would have got that because there wasn't much oh, time left. So. But but I mean, just like. It was almost a perfect, like you couldn't script it better. How Duke got that fumble on the last, that last second, and just heartbreaking for Northwestern. It, it, Pat Fitzgerald probably lost the game because there was not a trophy for this one. That's <laughs> true. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy for things to go well for Duke alums. You know, they really things don't go well for them. Tough school, yeah. tough, tough future for all of them. So yeah, just glad Feeling to see good really things bad happen. For Tim Cook right now. Feeling so bad for Tim Cook right now. Hey, Boston College, your team may be really bad. I just want to say that things are not like things are not going to go great in Boston this year because like transitively getting whooped on by Virginia Tech is not a great look. The, the Hokies look competent. BC on offense only had 155 yards. That's only five more yards in Iowa. That's not a Ference-esque Fer right. performance. Not good. But the Hokies look great defensively. Uh, they got the inner Sandman going. 
they really fed off of the the crowd. I, I know there were some Hokey fans on Twitter upset that Lane, uh, I believe it's Lane Stadium, if I have that yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, it is Lane Stadium. They they were doing the wave, and, and some of the Hokey fans on Twitter, I saw videos of that, like, why are you doing the wave? And so it was, I was why like, why? Well, I, I mean, you know, but apparently can't do the wave. I don't know. It was it was a controversy, I guess. But that that's basically all from that game. I'm only interested in Virginia at Illinois. One, because I think Illinois might actually be like Illinois okay. And two, today I actually looked at the next week, just like skimming it, and I saw that Old Dominion goes to Virginia this week. And Give Old I, Dominion the Commonwealth Cup now. Exactly right. If they beat both Virginia Tech and Virginia, they get the Commonwealth Cup. You got James Madison fans in our mentions upset at you for this. I, I guess they got to schedule them too. They, they, they want to put up their Dukes. <laughs> uh, i hate you so not, not not fun not fun at all <laughs> the, the, the husky revolution hit a hit a snag this weekend because oh hold on hold on just one second oh, sorry. let's go, go back to it. the virginia illinois game i, have oh, I missed this sorry yeah, yeah all right i have ahead. a quiz for you for the virginia illinois game oh. all right seven total turnovers all right okay all right one team had three turnovers they had one fumble lost one intercept uh, and two interceptions thrown the other team had four turnovers, three fumbles lost, and one interception thrown. Who is who? Virginia has more interceptions. Virginia is the one with more interceptions thrown. They throw Jordan? more. I, I'd say the same. Virginia has more interceptions. Okay. You got it correct. Both oh. of you got Ooh. it correct. What, what was the final score? Just just guess off of these turnovers. Don't look it up. 21-17. And the, the representative from Pitt? Uh, I'm going to say like 35-28. I feel like this game just got real, real stupid. Uh, it was 24-3, Illinois won. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Old Dominion's going to curb stomp the Cavaliers. Oh, my God. How do you get three points off of that? So, yeah, they, they got four turnovers, but they, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just look at the... The summary of this game. I'm, I'm glad we came back to that just for that oh, reaction. Thank you. So, thank you. Okay. Okay. We can move on now. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Husky Revolution marches on. Uh, like Blue said last week, uh, Dino Babers is a good offensive mind, and he may have Syracuse like finding a gear. They have a new offensive coordinator, which seems to help a ton. Uh, 48-14 over the Husky Revolution. UConn still doesn't look awful. I'm still have some. I still holding out hope for for them covering that. Was it the over? 2.5 wins over. I'm still feeling that. They're almost there. They're getting there. Oh, this is the, the, I want every podcast to talk about this and just say this, is Syracuse good? A lot of question marks. I don't want to. After that, just go, I, is Syracuse good? I don't think Syracuse podcasts want to talk about that. Are, are they, are they good? No, I, I just keep. That question is like staring oh. into the sun. Like, just yeah. don't. <laughs> don't. Okay, it's fun me. though. Is Syracuse good? I'm just going to find pictures <laughs> of Otto Orange and just start like, like Otto Orange asks, is Syracuse good? Really? We're good. We're 2-0. and oh. I think our friend Stats of War is just like, I want Purdue versus Syracuse in a bowl game. I said, oh. let's have it in the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl. Let's do it. Yeah, that feels right. Emotionally, that feels correct. Having been to a pinstripe bowl, that is extremely correct. FIU may be real bad. Like, like we talk about Texas State, you know, needing, you know, they had no recruits at one point. Was it last year? Like they just brought in transfers. Yeah. They had no recruits mm -hmm. and they still curb stopped FIU 41 to 12. FIU maybe I, a lot of podcasts that I've been listening to have been talking about how, oh, New Mexico State may be the worst. I think people are really sleeping on FIU this year, having the most problems. Hmm. Do, do FIU and New Mexico State play each other at some point this year? They do. We're going to find this out on the field. They go oh. to Las Cruces. Oh, could, and could I be driving to that game? I, I hear not only are you driving to it, I hear you might get a press pass, sir. Oh, maybe. It's, because it, it, New Mexico it's, State rep respects new media. That's right. They respect the Sick House Committee, and we respect them. Go Aggies of New Mexico State, I have to clarify, of New Mexico State. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, going on from there, this one probably wouldn't have merited much talk if not for happening today. Y'all are lucky that we don't record until Sunday night because all of the big boy podcasts who are punctual missed this. Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. And on all these days, on Scott Frost Day of all days, they fired him. They fired him with, if they'd waited, what, how many more days from here? 20 more days? 
until they October first. Yeah, they, they would have saved five million dollars. So seven twenty and a half. seven and a half million dollars. Seven and a half. So for twenty days, they thought it was worth seven and a half billion dollars. I don't know. It's not my job. I'm not an athletic director. I'd love to be. If anyone would like to give me that job, happy to do it. I will run your football team into the ground for way less. What's the fun fact on this one, Escalante, about their after the scoring? Game. Yeah. Okay. After the game, there there was. Uh, let me do the stat first. So they flashed a stat when Nebraska was trying to go and take the lead, and and Nebraska did it. They took the lead late. They flashed a stat that said uh, Nebraska was two hundred and fifty four and zero at home. Since 1901, when scoring at least 35 points, and they flash that on the screen. That's always such a and God, that's immediately such a cursed, cursed thing to do. Immediately, you're like, oh no, oh no, that's uh, that's that's awful. That you, you can just see like it was coming. It was almost like a script happening over and over again. And you know, then then Georgia State gets the touchdown on the quarterback draw. Nebraska's last second, I think 50-some-odd-plus field goal goes wide left, and, and that's Scott Frost's last game. That That's it. After the game, Clay Helton is standing on the field in front of the scoreboard where it says Georgia Southern 45, Nebraska 42, and he cuts a promo trying to sell tickets to Georgia Southern game. Like, this is like trying to sell WrestleMania or something. Like, he is just cutting a promo to sell tickets. Y'all come on out to Statesboro and see us. And it was just, it was just so enthusiastic. I feel like this is a different Clay Helton because he felt incredibly faceless or maybe restrained at USC. But this is like, maybe like midlife crisis Clay Helton gets a convertible Clay Helton. A little bit unchained Clay Helton. I don't know where this is going to go, but his Southern accent came back, even though he's from and, and former Auburn quarterback Clay Helton. It's like it's coming back to him, and and I, I think he's enjoying it, and he's just happy to be back in the South and at Georgia Southern. Maybe he gains energy from getting other coaches fired because this is the second time that has happened. That's right. It is the second time that's happened. <laughs> that's crazy. He was the first coach that was fired last year, Clay Helton, that is, and he just helped fire the first coach of, of this year. So coming back around, the coaching carousel begins and all this stuff. Let me do one more thing. Some Terry Bowden units math. Okay, All right. Here we go. So they did not want to wait 20 days to fire Scott Frost, so they saved $7.5 million if they did that. So they decided to pay the $7.5 million to get rid of Scott Frost. Terry, Brow- Terry Bowden makes $430,000 a year at ULM. That's the equi- them firing Scott Frost 20 days early is the equivalent of 17.4 years of Terry Bowden coaching at ULM. That is our classic sickos committee math. We call them Terry Bowden units or PBUs for the abbreviation. Math isn't real. (laughs) Money is money is absolutely not real. Yeah, no. All of this is a construct. Eat Arby's. Well, I think Scott Frost is going to enjoy his second tenure at UCF once they fire Gus. I think it'll be great. Get another championship. This just was this this. Oh, sorry. We're going to be treated to nothing but coaching speculation of who's taken over at Nebraska for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's going to be next, great. For the next 12 weeks or more. There's already, there are already wild rumors that Matt Campbell is going to leave Iowa State to go to Nebraska. And this person is claiming this on Twitter, which I don't trust any news unless it comes from Swim Swam News. All right? <laughs> yep. I don't trust any news unless it's coming from the college swimming blog. I don't trust it. Stating that Matt Campbell is basically top of the list. And he's going to be the next Nebraska coach. Problem is, Matt Campbell doesn't have an agent. So where are they getting this information from? <laughs> Congrats, Nebraska. You're getting Bill Belichick. We broke it here first. We got it. Bill, Bill Belichick Congrats. going back to Nebraska. I, hold up. I got my phone. Where's my phone? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, I just got a text. You're getting Bill Belichick. Congratulations. Uh, Maybe they can get 17 years of Terry Bowden. You know, on a, on a, <laughs> on a dollar on dollars per win. Terry Bowden, I think, may still be like the most efficient coach in college football. I'm not doing that math right now. I just like, I, now, now that I said it, I'm actually like, hmm, I wonder. I'll, I'll do that tomorrow when I don't yeah. feel like doing my actual job. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> in other miscellaneous football news as we skip around, hey, UTEP, you won the battle I-10. That is a great, like the season's good now. Picks up. They did it. Sorry. New Mexico State had a chance to tie. Uh, They were on like the 20, and then UTEP sacked them and and forced the fumble with like maybe 10 seconds left to hang on. 
and win the game. So that was a that was a great game. It was a lot of fun, and and, and nobody really. I, there was so many other games on going. It's a and problem. I was I was just basically I was just trying to keep an eye on this one. I had this on like like one that little tiny screen on like your iPhone. I had that going on while I mean it's it's just too much. Had that going on my had that going on my Tamagotchi. I got my I wired my Tamagotchi <laughs> up and it's running it's running college football. I need an extra screen. <laughs> I used uh, my Game Boy Advance. <laughs> my Game Boy <laughs> my Game Boy my Game Boy Color. It was great. Awesome. Was running on my Atari. Uh, Mitsu and Colorado State. Mitsu beat Colorado State. Mitsu had lost it, but like Mitsu lost big before. No clue where either of these teams are at. Eh, anyone? Anyone have opinions on Colorado State or Mitsu? No. Uh, I mean, no? yeah, I was I was shocked that it was at Colorado State. Oh yeah. In Middle Tennessee, without thirty-four nothing, and they got blown out by James Madison the week before. I'm so confused. But the, tra- it, the, the transitive win circles this season are going to be ridiculous am, i'm so excited. i'm utterly com- it's week two and i'm utterly confused by this season and i love it yeah yeah that's what we want yep right <laughs> 2007 to electric boogaloo we that's can only right. hope god oh like from your from your mouth to god's ears like please let it be 2007 <laughs> again oh my god hey wait who does ulm play next week oh that's right oh no no it's not gonna happen no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have just- to increase the size of terry bowden units yeah, oh God. <laughs> Arizona State, Oklahoma State. Uh, did Oklahoma State win? I assume. They yeah, won. nothing. Nothing really weird in this game. It was okay. a normal Cowboys. Good. Okay, I can all take it. The only thing interesting, and this is something I did see in real time: the Louisville UCF game. Louisville won, and the best lost graphic I've ever seen from UCF, who posted in the tiniest font I have ever seen the score over what was the f from final final and then the tiniest i love i love things like this as as someone who is mildly into graphic design i love it when like they do things like this the penn state you know what was it the the penn state we've had people play in every super bowl except for five in like the tiniest thinnest font yeah yeah so the one other thing about louisville ucf is that i swear to god scott satterfield and gus malzahn are the same guy in two fonts I, I I think it's the visors more than anything else because I tweeted this and got people in my replies that were like they don't look the same but they do, but they do they are the same person in two fonts like so, Scott Satterfield so is Comic Sans. Okay, yeah, yeah I, got I that. can see I, that. I got that. And and what is Gus? I don't what know. Font? He's like a he's also a sans serif but a more professional one. You know, yeah. something accountants would use. Calibri maybe. Like it, mm. I, I was trying to like think like maybe he's more of a Helvetica, but he's not a Helvetica. That's just no. maybe maybe a Garamond. Mm. That's no, that's a ser- that's a that's a serif font. We really got to walk get you through your like sans and sans serif. Oh my fonts. god, I am not it good a at serif this. Font. It is a, it's a good one though. Oh, it is okay. But yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you. I I would say maybe that also that Gus may be Scott's looper. <laughs> This may have, we actually may have just watched the loop close. That may have been the game. Possible. Okay. Possible. Mac Brown's 3 0. <laughs> sure. Do we remember the discourse from last year about how Nebraska was the best 5 and 7 team or whatever? Mm-hmm. North Carolina is whatever that is backwards. They are, they are by far the worst. They are the worst 3 0 team. And I think they're going to continue to be that way. With their schedule, like, this might be a 10 win team and they're going to win every game like that. It's I'm not seriously. Like, for that. They they have almost lost like both games. They they've gone out to big leads, blown the leads, and then for some odd reason they hang on and win. It's, it's very very entertaining. I'm just gonna say that. Like North Carolina, I was like they were up like I think twenty eight seven or yep. twenty some odd seven against Georgia State. I'm like oh North Carolina's got this one handedly maybe, and then I don't know what happens in that Georgia State's in the lead all of a sudden. It's great. For for our beloved, we have some beloved friends of ours who are West Virginia fans, so I'm not going to cover this one in a lot of depth for their own psyche. Kansas, Lance Leipold's got him looking good. And this was the rare game where it was an OT win by two scores. This I've, was, I, I've never seen that. I've literally never seen I, that. I mean, this was, okay, this is the only time I'm going to go back, like way back in time. Like it was the Saints versus the Falcons in their only playoff meeting in the early 90s. And the Saints threw an interception down seven. And the Falcons did everything in their power to return that, to really stick it to the Saints. Uh, it led to like a fight. They didn't return it or anything. Uh, they may or may not have had. I don't know. It led to like a fight after this. And then this is something that like Kansas did to West Virginia, like undefeated Kansas, 2-0 Kansas. They oh, scored a touchdown God. to go up. 
they they score a touchdown to go up by seven points in overtime. It's West Virginia's turn. Basically, uh, as a JT Daniels throws an interception on like an out route. Kansas quarterback, I believe his name is Kobe Bryant. I I, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it is. He, and he just he picks it off. I mean, he could go down, no problem. Oh no, he's not going down. He is running the entire field to score this touchdown, and they win fifty five forty two. They don't kick the extra point, of course, but. It was completely unnecessary to do this. Honestly, I aspire to this level of pettiness. 10 out of 10, go Jayhawks. Yeah. And 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 of course, I can imagine that watching West Virginia lose also does yeah. warm the cockles. Yes, slightly. yes. Yeah. My, my apologies to the West Virginia fan friends of the Sickos Committee, but also, like, I'm only a little bit sorry. Yeah. You that's... know how it goes. Absolutely. This is, you want to talk about a score that when I was browsing through things, I didn't watch this next game, but when I saw the score, when I saw that Wazoo beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin, I was actually confused. I have no, like, I have no clue what this game was. I have no clue what happened. I, I assume that, I assume that everyone was blacked out and the score was wrong because that just makes as much sense as Wazoo winning this. So this was the game in that that window with all the craziness going on. Like this was the 10th craziest game or something that's going on at this time. So it got lost in the shuffle. The the main play out of this one, Wazoo beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin kept shooting themselves in the foot. And even when Wazoo throws an interception, somehow Wazoo gets the ball back and gets a first down. <laughs> so basically, Wazoo throws an interception in Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets it. The wide receiver who was supposed to get the ball on the pass comes back in and, and blows up, blindsides the cornerback that had the ball. Wazoo recovers for like a five-yard game, but they get a first down and they just hold on to the ball. And this was just... It was just, it was a mess, but it was just one that got lost in the shuffle. If, if it was like, if this was at like 9 PM, we'd be all over this. But since it was in that weird 3.30, 2.30 window, it, it got lost in the shuffle, but it was nuts. I'm going to give you some fun numbers for this game because I just pulled it up. Wisconsin had almost double the yards of Wazoo. Hmm. They had 400 yards. They scored 14 points on 400 yards. I have so many questions. Wisconsin had double the first downs of Wazoo. 22 first downs, 400 yards, and they scored 14 points. That's that's awful. <laughs> that's not good. Is this what happens when nobody observes Wisconsin? Right? Like 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 clearly the problem was is that no one was watching this and light, you know, it's like when you when you when you don't observe light and it acts weirdly or it changes yeah. phase. Same thing. Yeah, no one's looking at Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. We're going to put a badger in a box. It's going to be pissed off. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> pissed off and drunk. Um, love you, Wisconsin fans. Yeah, this just makes no sense. Okay, Wisconsin. Cougs are 2-0. and Go Cougs. Second in the Pac-12. Because numbers don't mean anything anymore. Okay. Hey, Pit Girl. You want to talk about You want to talk about Pitt? I, I always want to talk about Pitt. Honestly, as a Pitt fan, the most sickos thing about Tennessee at Pitt is that it really wasn't that sickos of a game. Like, we as Pitt fans are conditioned to expect the worst possible thing to happen. Uh, The last ranked matchup at Pitt in Pittsburgh that was not in 2020 without fans was, I believe, the 2009 Cincinnati game. So... Oh, Big East. Love that Big East. That quality Big East. Yeah. Uh, Don't kick to Marty Gilliard. Don't do it. Also... Um, but seriously, Pitt, Tennessee, really not that sickos. Uh, the only thing that I have that is sickos-ish, and we've touched on this from other games, is that there was some like real college kickery, college kickering to this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Ben Sauls, I like you, but it would have been really helpful if you had not missed two field goals that were really not that hard of, of field goals to make this week. So, so yeah. Um, the other thing that happened during Tennessee Pitt that was actually very sickos is that um, Todd Black, the... Um, the ESPN crew, I guess, got left on camera after the end of the game on the street. Oh, yeah, saw that. And, I saw that. Yeah, and didn't and didn't notice. So, like, Todd Blackledge is just, like, standing there, like, playing around with his suit jacket, talking about how Pitt's offense was really pedestrian in the second half, which it was. But I would like to take this moment to remind you, Todd Blackledge, that Keaton Slovis was, was out with what we now know to be a concussion and that Nick Patty, the backup, has a high ankle sprain and you could see it during the game because he was like standing on one leg and then limping around. Like, you really want him to like roll out on the shotgun on one leg? I'd love to see that. Thank you. 
So Pitt was down to Pitt was down to their third string. Third string, third string. Oh. He played. No, yeah, Patty is the backup, but they brought the third. The third stringer was warming up. I don't think he took any snaps though. Okay, yeah, I I, I saw that he was coming in, but I, I just could not keep up. This was yeah. one that I it was there, but I was like, "There's more important to sick out <laughs> games going on." In sicko's terms, you made good yeah. choices. It was very. Yeah. It was like this was a ranked matchup between two teams yeah. that I think are actually probably pretty good. Here, yeah, yeah. A sentence that we've all found ourselves saying: This Tennessee and Pitt football game is too normal. I'll have to find something else. <laughs> <laughs> Things we've all thought in the past, I'm sure. Yes, extremely normal thoughts that everyone has had. Uh, Shane Beamer did an arm raise like dear old dad at South Carolina, and the Hogs whomped him. Womp. Man, Womp. this you next the, one. The Beamer. Oh man. Hey, uh, I caught some of this. I saw the numbers, which is the most interesting thing on this game. AM ran 38 plays against App State and lost. 38 plays, guys. Does the like, army I, run more plays than that? Like, yeah. How do you oh, yeah. It, it was like like discounting one of the okay, one of the one of the drives was a kickoff return. Fine. Okay. That's one drive down. That's still only 38 plays. Time of possession. Like again, you know, oh, time of possession doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. It does if you play certain kinds of offense. Seem to matter a lot. And and the beautiful part of this, and and A and M Aggie fans, I'm sorry, but you got your game day taken from you. Ooh. Yeah, they had it all set up. Miami versus at A and M. That was definitely coming for game day, and then App State stole it. And now they it's stole Troy, your game day. Troy at App State and Boone. They stole your game day. It, it was the Super Sun Belt Saturday. Sunbelt just had. five bucks. I'm sorry, no, I, I couldn't. We've, help myself. We, and we and we have been we have been on the Sunbelt train as long as as long as we've been alive. And there are better podcasts than us with more knowledgeable folks that we got that information from. So we're just telling y'all, Sunbelt train is going. Hashtag Funbelt. Hashtag Funbelt. Fun That's right. Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky took Bowling Green to seven overtimes with the weirdest yes. lineman lateral I've ever seen. Also in the fifth, they pulled out a trick play for no reason. There was no reason to do this. <laughs> so. So beautiful. Oh my God. I wanted this to work. When I saw it developing, it was just, they threw the quick screen to the wide receiver on the short side of the field, mind you, just going for the, the, it was the two point conversion time that they were doing in in the fifth OT. And they had this for the win. So I guess they were playing with house money at this point, but they ran it to the short side of the field, which is kind of strange, but still. Always always where you want to run your big wide lateral plays, short side of the field, every time. Short side of the field, let's do it. Thank you, Colonels. We appreciate that. The wide receiver catches the ball and then the, the lineman loops around the wide receiver. And, and hands it off the or like basically tosses it to the lineman the wide receiver misses the block and then so the cornerback saw it coming and basically stopped the big barely boy from winning the game because if I, I think our account and my phone would have probably exploded if the lineman scored and won this in in, in the fifth overtime I, I i mean it was just the coach i i want to i mean that's, that's coach of the week for Eastern kentucky right there i mean you are the the sickos coach of the week for calling that play at that time, oh man, they almost pulled it off. Also, uh, it is acting head coach Gary McPeak. You have Northern Illinois and Tulsa on here. Insane game, Tulsa won. I've heard zero about this game. Just tell me, like, give me a two-second recap of what happened here. Okay, if you can imagine a back-and-forth game, all game long, where mm-hmm. basically a field goal splits them, and they just keep trading touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And, and basically, Tulsa takes the lead with like 30-some-odd seconds left, and, and Northern Illinois is trying to get in the field goal range to tie it. And then it was just a crazy hit-tipped interception, and Tulsa hang on, hung on to the win. But Tulsa is Northern Illinois' twin. They oh. always play. They always play these close games, and somehow they always win these one-possession games, both of them. So somebody was bound to do this, and, and basically the crazy one-possession win, Mac champion, Northern Illinois, fell short against Tulsa. If it was at Northern Illinois, I think maybe Northern Illinois would have won this one in a one-possession game. But Tulsa pulled this one off, definitely. I had another game. I Apparently, I left off off the list. Mm. Um, I wanted to throw that in because I just remembered it. Holy Cross beat Buffalo on a Hail Mary. They did. A real honest-to-God Hail Mary. Real Hail Mary. 
it was just, I, I didn't write it on the list. I knew I was going to forget something, but it just popped in my head. Holy Cross, the Crusaders with the win over the Buffalo. Oh, oh well, Buffalo. They hey, had um, four guys around the guy. Hey, uh, do you know uh, who Northern Illinois' uh, quarterback still is? Rocky Lombardi. It's still Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi, I feel like, has been playing college football for like 20 years at this point. That's right. He is the new Perry Ellis. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's just going to hang around. I would like to take this moment to point out that um, Hendon Hooker is older than Kenny Pickett but and still playing college football. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been, was he, wasn't he with like Virginia Tech, I think at one point and then transferred somewhere else. And then now he's at Tennessee. I don't know. Sounds it's okay. Like, like I, I love finding these dudes who are just like, like not like old, like not old, like me and Escalante, but like sort of old. <laughs> Like like Brian Ferentz old? No, oh, okay, no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, like, like I think I think it's uh, I think it's um, like North Texas's quarterback because he went and play, North Texas's quarterback went and played like minor league baseball for a while before he came back to be a quarterback. So he's got like those like Mormon mission years in him, but doing minor he's, league baseball, he's like in his late twenties, early like he, he's like in his like very late twenties. He's like twenty nine. Yeah, has I think he has a kid. Like again, like super tired dad energy. Just love it. Yeah, he. I think he was Yankees, and he he batted maybe like two twenty in the minors or something. I have no idea great. why. I I think I know that. Yeah, he's he's Scott Bakula from the movie Necessary Roughness. <laughs> Nobody That's, gets that reference because I am so old. All right. I I know that, that was a movie. I know that, I know that they were the armadillos because I think I wore I wore an ironic Texas State armadillo shirt at some point. That's right. That's, Sinbad that's, was in that movie too. Nobody knows Sinbad anymore. Wake Forest was back. They had Sam and Vandy, my beloved Vandy Commodores, who I had picked to go three and zero, did not go three and zero. They were up three nothing. Vandy made an awesome goal line stand to make it three nothing in the beginning of the game, and then Vandy threw a pick six, and and that was pretty much it. Oh, uh, what else? God, man, there's so many things that happen. Oregon yes. State, Fresno State went well. The the Pacific oh Triangle God. of Hate marches on. Rank the Missouri- Beavers. Yeah, Rank no, them. they need, they need to be ranked after after especially after what they did to Boise State. Like, and let's talk like like they did that to Boise State. It was they got punished. Missouri looked real bad against Kansas State. Four interceptions on four straight possessions. Oh my God, Missouri just does not look great. I think I, how many points did they get on that? They had four straight INTs, and I think Kansas State only scored six points. Been- yeah, because it would have been flashing. Oh, no, the touchdown. Sorry, touchdown. No, they got, they got All right, 13 points. 13 points on four straight interceptions. So Not bad. Not bad. Um, we had a Coach O siding on the NFL Network. <laughs> Not coaching for any of your teams. Everyone calm down. <laughs> Eastern Michigan played at Louisiana Lafayette. We do have a new Detmer leader. Eastern Michigan's quarterback, Taylor Powell, uh, who was who is a transfer. He was a, he was originally at, so he was at three years at Mizzou, one year at Troy grad transfer. He's his, his fifth college football year at Eastern Michigan. And as our current debt leader, we love to see this. Yes. This is what we want out of our fifth year quarterback transfers who've gone through like three schools. If you're not like, like whatever, if you're going to be great, that's awesome. But if not be entertaining, it's what we really want out of you. Baylor BYU was a game that sort of got caught in the late, just sort of like morass too. Although it was a pretty good game. Lots of missed field goals. So many surrender cobra shots. It was it was amazing. There was a picture where just everybody was just posting the same guy, and his face was just like, oh. it was just so it was ridiculous. And I think I tweeted, I was like, everybody's posting this. I think I'm supposed to post this to this guy too. I feel so bad. They referenced the full moon like 700 times on the broadcast. RG3 was on the broadcast. They were eating cougar tail donuts. My favorite thing was that I think. Baylor may have had to kick the win in the first overtime. Mm-hmm. And uh, we follow Michael Felder on, on uh, in the bleachers on Twitter. And he, he just tweeted out, he missed the shit out of that field goal. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it. It was like, it was like after midnight and it was just like, I absolutely lost it. That, and then he just referenced it again earlier today. He was like, I think this was my favorite tweet of the evening. It was, it cracked me up so much. It was just, he did push it quite wide right. So it, it wasn't close. So he, I saw, he I, I saw, I saw a shot of that. And like, yeah, no, he, he definitely shoved that one wide right. Cal only beat, you know, you by six points, which is going to be great. Cause Cal next week, Cal travels to South Bend. Well, that, I, that might be okay, actually. For who? <laughs> Pick girl for, for who? Sickos, for the sickos committee. Oh yeah. Oh, we're going to have a great, oh, we're gonna have a great oh, time with us. 
That's going to be ranked. Please be a knight. This is, oh, Cal at Notre Dame at 7 p.m., please. 1.30 p.m. I kind of, I, I, oh, I kind of like that on. one as a nooner, actually. Okay. Yeah, 1.30 p.m. Right. Okay. 1.30 Central. So oh, it's, it's a 2.30 two slot. Okay, yeah. so it's that weird It's that weird NBC slot that's like mistimed from mm-hmm. every other network. It's the Wait, NBC it? like. You yeah, because it's a Notre Dame home game, which means that it's going to yeah. be like the they NBC not, They special. better not put this on Peacock. Hold up. No, oh. no, this is no. This is on Big Boy NBC. The whole country right. gets to watch this. Oh my and God, I, Jason Garrett was so bad in this game. I, I was saying the other day. I was saying the other day. I was like, I don't really have an announcer that I, I really don't like. Like everybody has to. And then I'm listening to Jason Garrett talk about Marshall and Notre Dame, and I'm like, I got him confused with Brock Osweiler. But I, 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 <laughs> Brock, Brock Osweiler was somewhere else. <laughs> Again, lines crossed, 17 games going insane yeah, at I, one time. I can't imagine. I, I'm, I'm bound to make mistakes. Forgive me, please. But he was not, you know, I, I'm a, I'll say it. I'm a Saints fan. I'm from New Orleans. So I, I'm like, Drew Brees was not this bad. And I, I don't know, but Jason, if we got to listen to Jason Garrett again, that's definitely going to, I'm going to rocket it up the rankings for next week. So we'll, we'll get sorting tomorrow. We'll give credit to our, again, our new, our, one of our newest Sunbelt members, Marshall, you went to South Bend and you got the win, man. I love the thundering herd for lots of reasons. I always have. I actually have a, um, a stuffed Marco, the bison, like doll. Marcus Freeman is goodwill period is going to be, going to be done really fast. And people who are way more eloquent than the three of us can talk about this later, but I am, I'm very worried on how short Notre Dame's. Give them a chance. I'll just put it that way. I I, I really, I really hope Notre Dame gives him the space and the resources he needs to do this and doesn't. Yeah. I'm actually cautiously optimistically optimistic that they will. Notre Dame boosters are like a thing, right? But yep. they are not the variety of crazy that, for example, Auburn boosters are. Right. Um, so no. I think it'll be okay. And we should all give Marcus Freeman a little bit of grace, but also point and laugh at Notre Dame as an institution because that was funny as hell. <laughs> that was absolutely they, funny they, as hell. They got swept away in the Sunbelt special Saturday. I wanted to go back to Friday. Oh, it was... I I missed that uh, one. Was, Go for it. Yes. Oh, it's okay. Boise State at New Mexico. And New Mexico, they were doing a special red out. The reddest so, uniforms I've ever seen. I, I mean, I don't know what shade of red this was, but I, I think their helmets were called cherry red. But oh my God, on the screen, it was the reddest thing I've ever seen. People kept referencing the Seinfeld episode. Uh, oh, yeah. Kenny Rogers Roasters, where <laughs> it was just like Jerry looking at Kramer. And and Jerry goes, Kramer, what's going on in there? And it was like, it's Lobo's football, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I can imagine him saying it, and it's it's fantastic. There was a point where New Mexico was trying to take a, a kick to the house to make it 31-14 late in the game. Really didn't matter, but the spread was 17. Which is interesting, and the Boise State, the Boise State kickoff specialist, not the returner that I had r- written down earlier, but the Boise State kickoff specialist, like basically grabbed the kicker who was chasing the New Mexico returner and tried to pull him back. And I don't know if he was trying to slingshot forward and to try to like well, basically yeah. propel himself, and then he lost his balance and tumbled over ridiculously. <laughs> and that was that, that was quite entertaining for us because that was the only game on at the time on Friday night. On this next game, I was talking to some friends of mine who are not college football literate as is, is other folks. And I told them that the line of the Texas game was something like Bama by like 20 and a half, whatever. And I said that I don't know that I could think of a number big enough that I wouldn't take Bama in the points. I was wrong, Texas. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. You guys acquitted yourself so well. And if not for just some like last minute things and having to go through like every quarterback once again, like first quarterback and Quinn Ewers is going to be gone for like four to six weeks now, which sucks. And Hudson card did a fine job, but he was limping at one point too. Like he was obviously hurt. And then they brought in the third string guy whose name I can't remember my apologies, but it was <laughs> like that, that was weird. And then there was the, 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 like they called it, they called it roughing with targeting. It was neither. 
they they couldn't review the like they couldn't review the roughing the passer like that's not a reviewable call it was it was like the weirdest bit of like safety non-safety just garbage when you lose by one and you had two taken off the board somewhat legitimately that sucks yes as as I watched this game in almost its entirety. I actually missed Quinn Ewers because I got my COVID booster yesterday or Friday afternoon and felt like death and accidentally took a nap through the first quarter of this game. Um, So I missed the really exciting part, except I didn't miss the really exciting part. But yeah, Texas performed admirably, but I would like to propose a new Sickos Committee award for the sequence that Jordan just described with the not safety safety. And that is the Glasses Ref Memorial Award for Officiating Incompetence. I like this. That call was a egregiously wrong there was no head contact there was no nothing bryce young basically fell over on top of a defender and then like tried to throw the ball away in the end zone and we all thought it was a safety and then the refs came out with that but the review (laughs) took like 10 minutes like i'm not even kidding that it took like 10 actual honest to god minutes and the ref came back out and was like well so it's not targeting and us saying that it was unnecessary roughness was actually or roughing passer was actually a mistake. So we're not going to call that either. But we're also not going to call intentional grounding because the ball bounced off another guy's helmet, and if it hadn't, it would have made it past the line of scrimmage. So it's not a safety, which I'm still not sure I buy. But I might also just be mad that Alabama won. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I, I've, I've tipped my hand a couple of times on the show and I've said that, you know, I am a Texas fan. Like that's like, that's sort of like my default fandom. I'm not huge into it, but like, I've always been a Texas fan sort of. And I, I was in the car picking up 15 Domino's pizzas for children <laughs> and got to hear the tail end of this one and was just so angry. I was so angry. I was just, I, I, I think the only people that are going to be sadder than Texas fans are anyone that got a penalty on the Alabama side this week because their week is going to oh go very God. poorly. Their week is going to go very poorly. Will Anderson oh is not going to have a good time this week. I am surprised that he did not get left in Austin, independent of the fact that he is a very good defensive lineman. Um, Alabama had 15 penalties for 100 yards, many of which were in the third quarter specifically, and it felt like half of those were for on- offsides on Will Anderson specifically. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. It was. Insane. I've never. I've never seen Alabama play that sloppy before. Never. Yeah. Not. No. Not in. Not in a decade. Even when Alabama looks shook, they don't look shook like they did yesterday. No. There was. There was a picture of Saban smiling after the game. Oh, that's after not they. Won. Oh God. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm terrified. Terrified for Alabama, and I'm terrified for Alabama's next opponent. Look, ULM is coming off a one-game winning streak. They took care of business against Nichols at home. Yeah, they want they want Bama, do they? Let, let, I, everyone let, says they want Bama. I, I don't think so. They, maybe that maybe that one point five million <laughs> that they're gonna give or one point whatever million. But I don't. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like three years of Terry for that. That's right. I mean, one point five million. That's that's probably about two or three. No, no, no. That's at least that's slightly three and a half over TBUs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's big. It's big Bowden money. That's 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 a three over three TBU, so that's that's beautiful money. That's what they need. Yeah, they took care of business. They won thirty five seven, which is great. And um, yeah, I, oh man, Saban's gonna be angry, and they're gonna take it out on ULM. Y'all, Warhawks, please stay healthy. I love you. That's <laughs> like just like 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 literally just survive the week, guys. Survive, please, please survive, because. I, I, I'm just, I'm so afraid of the, like the demeanor and the tenor of that game because it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a bad week in practice for the boy, for Alabama. And then they're going to come out and I'm afraid it's, it's going to, it's going to be a rough one. We shouldn't be on like 222 to nothing watch, but, uh, something like that. Yeah. Just score ULM. Get some sort of points. And I'm happy. I think, uh, Alabama is a 49 and a half point favorite right now. That feels right. That feels correct. I'm surprised it's not more. And oh, and, and again, hey, hey, Escalante, <laughs> it's not like Nick uh, would uh, would be would be wanting to show ULM up or anything, right? Like he doesn't have like this specific history against ULM. That'd be crazy. No, ULM is not the last non-conference unranked opponent to de- to defeat Nick Saban at Alabama, are they? 
Oh, that would that would be his first. That would have been his first year in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, in 2007, Ooh. where there was this awesome billboard that will never go away, no matter what you do. But please don't hurt you, alum. Please. <laughs> I'm gonna call and get some flower. I'm gonna have a nice flower arrangement sent to your house. Nice flower arrangement. Get my black tie, my black jacket ready for next week when we cover this game. And then Ooh. the 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 one game on Thursday, re- like rewind it. Was an absolute banger. I think we were the only like it felt like we were the only ones covering this, and like a couple of our fellow degenerate friends, <laughs> FCS UT Martin, FCS Missouri State, the fighting Bobby Petrinos, both ranked teams, and it was an absolute banger of a game. It was great. Like we were, you know, again, I guess, and the NCAA didn't want to compete with the opening game of the NFL, which they've have given away some Thursday night games, which is very disappointing to us. Lame. But I, I wanted to watch this one because I'm not interested in the Rams or or the Bills. No, no big deal. And I, I mean, really, it's not. It's the first game. It's sloppy normally. Which in the NFL game, there was like seven turnovers. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's a that's a sick house game. I'm like, no, uh, that's it's still not appealing to us. You know, the Bears field being flooded today. That during was, the game, that, and, uh, was, that, that was great. That's that's what we like. The 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 sidelines being squiggly. Uh, that's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like there the field being flooded and then them diving over the field like the baseball players diving over the tarp in a rain delay yes we like that stuff not the just turnovers but yeah the ut martin missouri state game was an absolute joy uh there was a the ut martin quarterback his name is dresser win I, I just want to shout out dresser win i mean he had like over 300 yards passing to keep ut martin he had a great day and I mean, he kept them in the game, and it was just a back-and-forth battle between two ranked FCS teams. It was great. And, and really, we're watching on, what, ESPN Plus or something like that? But yep. it, it was it was fun to watch, and, and I mean, we'll, we'll choose the F- FCS over the NFL any day. Pit Girl, any weird things you saw this week that you want to shout out? Yeah, I would like to give a shout-out to that guy who just walked out onto the 10 in the middle of the FLSU game. <laughs> He's just he just walks out and he like puts his hands on his hips like a dad surveying his lawn. Like, just, what's going on out here? Beautiful. No no. There's a play going on and he just straight up walks out to the like you know, normally when you get somebody to storm the field, they're running full speed. This was just a nice leisurely stroll onto the field at Tiger Stadium. While there's a play going on, mind you, on the other side of the field, and he gets to the 10-yard line, and he just sits there. It's like, wow, this is a great spot to view the game. It would have been funny if he sat down and and watched the play. But it it was just, I don't know what happened. He was arrested, of course. But he's wearing wearing, uh, camo cargo shorts, which absolutely means he's probably has a dad energy. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I cannot recommend watching the clip more highly. Like, out of all of the things that we've talked about today... Watch that clip. Watch that one. Because that, that's what we're here for. I wonder if he was uh, mad at Brian Kelly for something. I don't know. Anyone to go talk? Maybe. He just wanted to hear the. <laughs> hear, he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear the Southern band better. Just get a better spot. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't blame him. Kamish, what else? What other weird things you enjoy this weekend? All right, I got two more things that I want to discuss before we wrap it up here. So the Akron backup quarterback had to appear in the loss. I believe they lost to Mississippi. Uh, I'm sorry, Michigan State, not Mississippi State. Fifty-two nothing. Uh, Same difference. Their backup quarterback. The backup quarterback. Don't. Oh man, you really just angering everybody today, aren't you? I know. Hey, I'm you're like, you're like just stirring it up, stirring it feeling up. Sassy today. Uh, <laughs> feeling sassy. That, that Bucky's cup is doing it for you. Uh, but uh, I just—it's just one of those names that I really like. His name is Jeff Undercuffler Jr. <laughs> so he's like he's like under. Cuffler, under cuffler, under 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 cuffler. I don't I don't know, but shout out Jeff Undercutler, uh, uh, under cuffler. I believe he transferred from Albany, and they have not updated his picture yet to show Akron. So he's has the Akron background, and he has well, he the Albany has a jersey. CAA on. jersey. He does. Yes. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out. So shout out to uh, well, uh, one before of our- we move on. Before we move on to the next one, I only got a couple jokes off this weekend. Okay, but the best joke I got off this weekend on the Twitter account. Okay. Is what I said. The Michigan State, oh. Akron, fifty-two to zip. Oh, come on! It's beautiful. I was. You put I was on so the glasses. Proud. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it felt you like did. a very. If, oh, it was great. That one. That one. Emoji. That one was absolutely just like. Again, I was in super dad <laughs> mode this weekend, and that one just felt like. Oh, oh the. Oh, you had the dad joke going. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> 
comes out of nowhere. He's like, bad joke. One more shout out. Southern Utah played Utah, and, and oh boy, did Utah take it out on, on Southern Utah. The Southern Utah punter had a cowboy collar, like a linebacker. Like he's wearing one of those neck rolls. And I mean, if you play in Utah, you as a punter, you may need it. Uh, but just to wear a neck roll and being a punter, uh, I don't know his name. I wish I found it. But shout out to wearing a, a cowboy collar while you're punting. Maybe Iowa's punter needs to do that too. That would just take him to like legendary Iowa status. I don't know. So Tory Taylor, he's Australian. He's Iowa's MVP. Put on a neck roll like a fullback and just punt the ball. Oh yeah. Hey, always got to be prepared to lay the wood if they start making a good return. Exactly. That's right. We so we saw it happen prepared. last week. With, was it Bowling Green and UCLA? Where Bowling, where UCLA's punter just got absolutely oh my. no got Bowling, got murdered. Jesus. Bowling Green. Bowling Green's punter just got. Oh, it was Bowling Green's punter? Yeah. It was. I think like four UCLA players, and then they they made them they caused them to flip after that, which was ridiculous. Oh no. <laughs> oh guys. Oh, week Bowling two. Green. Week two was such a. It was great. Oh, and one more thing. Oh, one you more go. Thing. I'm yes. sorry. I forgot. I just want to say Hawaii covered. Shout out to they Hawaii. Did. Yes, they, they did. They did. Against right. against two and a half Michigan. Michigan quarterbacks or how many quarterbacks they played. Yes. Yes. They covered. They did. Off the island, which is huge. That was a – I think there was a like two or three hours. I don't know how long there was a weather delay. It was long enough that it was like mainland Hawaii test, kind of like almost Hawaii test. Yeah, it it got backed up pretty good. It was a lengthy weather delay, which was which was crazy. Um, One one final fact here. So we're having we're having we're keeping track of this because it is something that we just want to keep track of for the fun uh, sicko style. So one of our committee members were trying to figure out how many games have gone to overtime this year so far. So we didn't uh, we didn't think we got any overtime games in week zero. I, none that I can remember off my I don't, head. I don't think so. I don't think so. So week one, we had seven overtime games with 13 overtime periods total. Week okay. two, we had seven games go to overtime with 15 overtime periods. So we're we're keeping track of that, and that's one stat that we want to keep we want to keep track of the entire season. And so we're we're getting a lot of OT, and that that's a, that's a high percentage of, of OT, I guess, in my opinion here. Which if we yeah, keep getting football. all these overtime games, we get all this free football, and that that just heightens the drama for us. And and that, those are the games we try to find uh, for everybody to enjoy that follows us. Like, hey, the, you want to see an overtime game? You have no emotional connection to after your team is maybe falling apart and you want to take something to uh, make you feel somewhat better. Yeah. You feel alive again. You feel feel something, anything. That's right. Because you know, the sickos is going to come for you. Every, every, like every, it's going to happen to everybody. And what we do here, we're trying to find the the joy and everything to keep the college fan going on. Cause I mean, not there's nobody can go, not everybody can go undefeated. It's going to happen. Losses are going to happen. And we're kind this of, year, I guess, this year, no one's going undefeated. I'm almost sure of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Georgia. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Georgia. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. But the rest of it's know. going to be just an absolute mess. And that's the, I hope again, as, as you said, uh, the representative, uh, from Pennsylvania, as you said, we're, we're hoping for 2007 two electric boogaloo. We can only hope. Let's make that graphic that. too. I'll make that graphic too. Can you put Vin Diesel in it with his crazy hair in that one? Yeah, I can. Of course I can. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Leave that I'm, in too. I, I made you, I made, <laughs> I made you a graphic with five Paul Pasqualoni. Okay. Like you oh, think well, I can I mean, fucking do Vin, Vin Diesel, one Vin Diesel? <laughs> Imagine five Paul Pasqualonis. That's, That's I mean, I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the plural of, of Pasqualoni is Pasqualoni, so it's five Paul Pasqualoni, <laughs> not Paul Pasqualonis. Paul, Paul oh my god, Paul's, it's Paul. Sorry, you're absolutely right, big girl. Paul's <laughs> Pasqualoni, five Paul's Pasqualoni. Oh my god. Okay, perfect. I, I'm not even going to try to say that. I will definitely stumble over that. Of course, Commissioners, always thank you, Pit Girl. Thank you for joining us and having thank a great you for night. Me always uh y'all we'll be back on thursday we'll be back we'll talk about what's coming up in week three and we'll go from there everyone have a good day and thank you so much